And we're back. It's another Pac Miller Russell Talk Wednesday. It's me. It's me. It's the M A Double T, and it is Beyond the Mat with Shayna Hill. Yeah, Shayna Hill. Hi. <laughs> um. So. I mean, we've known each other a long time, like over mm-hmm. a year. And yep. this is the first time we've actually had a conversation. Like a I know. Well, like a face-to-face conversation. We talk every day, but. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is the first time I've actually been able to ask you questions. Like, mm-hmm. And like wrestling related and other, and, and other things. Um, so. Let's just dive right in. When did you start becoming a wrestling fan? Like, when was your first? Um, I was about four, four or five. My grandfather and I used to just sit and watch all of the pay-per-views. And he was more of like a WCW guy. So that's pretty much what brought my love of wrestling to the forefront was just memories with him and watching WCW and all that good stuff. So, I mean, that brings us into is what drew you in and made you be a wrestling fan? Like, what was what was it about the business? I it's so funny because around that time, like most people were obsessed with like the flash and like, you know, wrestlers like Hulk Hogan and um, like the larger in life type characters. And I was never really drawn to that. Like I liked what looked like everyday people like stretching people out and putting people in submission moves and stuff like that. Because at that time, when you're that little, you don't realize that it's not really happening to a certain extent. So for me, I'm like, how does Ric Flair put somebody in that move and not break their leg and they can get up and wrestle again the next day? Like that was more realistic to me than like a, Paul Hogan telling me to, you know, eat my vitamins and say my prayers. I, I wondered how people got beat up all the time or stretched out and like could get up and walk the next day. Like that was always so cool to me. Okay. So who was your, like, who was your first favorite wrestler? Like who was? William Regal. <laughs> I, I, I... In the back of my head, she's going to say Regal. She's going to say It's Regal. such a weird choice for a child, but like. I saw the Blue Bloods and I was like, oh, that's cool. Like they're stuck up and they're like, it was my first like taste of anything British. And I was like, oh, these guys are cool. Like they're better than everybody else. Like I want to be like that. I want to be cool. I want to have a cool accent. Like I just thought it was so cool. (laughs) I mean, I wasn't a huge Regal fan until. I went back and actually watched his WCW work. Mm-hmm. Like when, when he was the whole William Regal over in WWE, the whole brass knuckle thing that, that <laughs> yeah. you know, like, come on, like I'm done with that. But when, when I went back and watched him um, in WCW with the blue Bloods, that I was like, Holy shit, this guy is really talented. Like this guy can, work. it was, yeah, it was just so cool. And like that whole Like I said, I was never really into, like, my favorite wrestler of all time is Bret Hart. So, like, I've never really been into, like, the pomp and circumstance of stuff as far as, like, Flash and all that. Like, I liked guys that you could tell worked harder than anybody else in the room. And, like, that's what drew my attention. So, like, William Regal, Fit Finley, Dean Malenko, like, those kind of guys were, I was like, okay, they look like a normal guy that you would see walking down the street. They're not all, like you know, macho and like roided up or anything like that. And I was like, that guy looks like I could see him in the market and he's like so tough. And that was just what was really cool to me. I think that's why I like Kevin Owens. Like he, Oh yeah. hundred percent. He looks like me. Like, yeah. With with, with a better beard. (laughs) I'm like, "Ah." um, so who's your current favorite wrestler? I have a couple. So right now, one of my favorites is Josh Alexander. 
in Impact. I love him. I think he's probably like just the total package of wrestlers. Um, it sucks that he's hurt right now. I also really like Zack Sabre Jr. I think he's probably the best technical wrestler in the entire world. Um, I'm also real big on Malachi Black. So those are, are my, you know, some of my faves right now. Malachi Black was one that it broke Andrew when he left. Like, I'm he, sure. He's all like, why? Why did Aleister Black leave? So stupid. And I'm like, because his favorite move, like he is, a, for the longest time, he was obsessed with Black Mass. Like, mm -hmm. like he's like, that is so cool. It's just a basic move. And he just yep. ends people with them. I'm like. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> it's um, so realistic, and I think that's why guys like that are my favorites because it's it doesn't take a lot to get over when you look like a Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar or something like that. If you're a guy that just looks like someone you'd see at a tattoo shop or just like a normal everyday person and they can make you believe that they're the toughest person in the room, that's what always does it for me. So I'll never have like a big flashy guy is my favorite. They never really have been. But Malachi Black, I would say, is probably the flashiest person that I like the most. And he's like dark flashy, if that makes sense. Because he's yeah. like legitimately tough, you know? And I think that's why, I mean, me personally, I'm a huge John Moxley fan as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he just, he just, looks and acts like a dude that could just absolutely beat you up, take your lunch money and probably yes. take your girl, take your girl on the way out too. You know, yes. like, and it's just, that's the kind of like, anybody doesn't, I mean, yeah, he's, he's got, you know, he's not Kevin Owens size, but he's not, he's not Roman Reigns that has abs on abs. Yeah. Know? Yeah. To me, like, like you said, and don't get it. Don't get me wrong. I will. I am a Roman Reigns fan. I loved his work now, but mm -hmm. anyway. Um. So, what about uh the women's division? Like, what? Who? Like, did you have any uh women's division talent oh. that you growing up that you like? was i turned off my notifications but i don't know why that's not working uh, anyway <laughs> if, if random glitches happen it's because my phone's going nuts um so uh, i really again for me it was more of like it was kind of the opposite i never really liked the like sables and trish stratuses and stuff like that i was more of like somebody that seemed legitimately tough so um, I loved Luna Vachon. I thought she was like just so cool. Her and Sensational Sherry both were just like super cool. And then I got to appreciate women's wrestling a lot more the older I got. So I loved Victoria. I loved Beth Phoenix. I loved Gail Kim. Um, so those are some of my my favorite female wrestlers growing up. What about now? Like, do you look at oh now. I love Tiffany Stratton. I think that she is just, I don't know what it is about her, but she is like your throwback diva, which I don't normally like, but you can tell she's like legitimately tough. And I don't know what it is about her, but I really like her. Um, I am a huge Serena Deed fan. I wish she would come back uh, from whatever she ailment she's dealing with right now. I would have liked to seen her join the Blackpool Combat Club. Um, I really like uh, Indy Hartwell. Like, I just think she, you just could tell she really loves what she's doing. Um, and I'm really glad that Saray is back. Um, I'm glad to see her back. I think she's still struggling a little bit to find her footing because she'd been gone for so long. But no matter what she does, I'll always cheer for her. I mean, it is her house, so. Exactly. It's exactly. I still have my old WWE. Uh, Paid shirt that says this is my house on it and when she came back like i i started re-wearing it so i was pretty happy <laughs> my i mean i've recently started watching tiffany stratton and i'm she's got the physique she's got the, mm -hmm. like the she looks like a just a straight up badass 
but she mm -hmm. also got the cute cuteness factor like the the diva factor to her too yeah she and it's funny because like she did an interview not too long ago where somebody asked her like about going to the main roster and not too many people would say this but she was like no i'm not ready to go like i have work to do i need to work on my promos i have a lot of work to do and i thought that was like a very mature thing to say because like people aren't going to give up their shot to go to the main roster and she like admitted that she wasn't ready and i thought that was cool and i also forgot to mention my love for kaylee ray and um isla dawn i think that together there's no better women's tag team within the wwe than the two of them and separately i think they both could do big things when they inevitably split up yeah that i I went and rewatched. Like I don't watch a lot of NXT because between doing our normal Tuesday show, <laughs> this show, and yeah, and our uh, AEW, and sometimes we go on Saturday. I don't. I had to pick a show that I can't watch. So now mm -hmm. I'm going back and rewatching some of this NXT stuff now that like Pretty Deadly's coming up, and I love them and. <laughs> see and i have appreciation for him now i i was like all right what what what's this like mm -hmm. and, and now like it's almost and i'm a real big after because i watched last night's episode of nxt and that promo that Braun breaker cut on on carmelo sitting in the uh barbershop chair freaking mm -hmm. stellar i was mm -hmm. like that hit that was freaking awesome but uh, mm -hmm. no, like I'm, I'm seeing these NXT people for the first time, and they're like, I'm like, wow, I should have started watching it a lot sooner. So I'm starting to rewatch a lot of stuff, and uh, Isla mm -hmm. Dawn and Alba Fire, just tremendous, tremendous ladies. They are so good. They are so good. And the mark in me always tries to tell people to watch them in progress in ICW and promotions outside of the WWE to kind of get a little bit more of a handle on why they deserve the spots within the company that they have. Cause they're just ridiculously talented. Well, you see, you bring that up. I saw a, I want to say it was a match with, with Gunther or Walter or whatever you want to call him, whatever <laughs> Vince decides to call him that day. Um, <laughs> uh, Again, I want to say it was uh, Gresham, Jonathan Gresham, and mm -hmm. he clotheslined the snot out of him. Like <laughs> Gresham literally went ass over tea kettle. Like he w almost did a full complete flip. And mm -hmm. when people are like, "Oh, all Gunther does is uh, chop," I'm, I sent him that video. I'm like, uh, "No, he doesn't." Yeah, and not only that, he was the head trainer in WXW. It's like the one of the biggest wrestling promotions in Eastern Europe. And it took, I can't imagine how much money and promises it took for him to leave because he was very vocal about not wanting to move to the States and not wanting to really, like, leave his comfort area. Um, so I thought that it was kind of crazy that he did show up, but... I mean, if you watch a lot of these people from before they they stepped foot in any capacity in the WWE, you would understand a little bit more as to why it's such a big deal that out of the thousands of people that could be in the WWE, these people have the positions that they have. And Walter is just a huge throwback to like everybody that, ev you know, people wanted to be in the 70s, 80s and 90s in professional wrestling. and I think I, I had a love-hate relationship with him for a long time. Um, but over the last, like, year, I've worked it out, and I'm, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, you just you just showed and proved kind of like, because I've always said when people ask me about you, I always say, listen, this woman has, has, knows, has probably forgotten more about, UK wrestling than we know as a collective. Yeah. It's it's just it's what got me back into wrestling after a little bit of a funk of 
not of like everything kind of being boring impact kind of like switched from TNA to impact. And it was in another one of its ebbs because they go through ebbs and flows. Like every couple years, it's either really, really bad or really, really good. So I saw Trent seven one day, it was like back in like 2013, 2014. And I was like, Oh, okay. So this is where we're going. So then it was during the age of jailbroken Amazon fire sticks. And I started watching a lot of progress and stuff on Cody. And it was just like, oh, this is the kind of stuff that I like. It's different. The, the Flash is different. It's not sports entertainment. It's more on the professional wrestling side. And then I got into ICW and OTT and just a bunch of different companies about like 2014-ish. And I was hooked after that. So from like 2014 until like WWE decided to try to destroy the UK indie scene. Uh, that's pretty much all I watched. That's fair. I mean, because I mean, <laughs> during, during, I mean, during that time, if you really look and it kills me because I am a WWE guy. Like I will watch certain people on AEW. I'm not a big mm -hmm. AEW guy. Like I said, even though I know I've, I uh, communicate with uh, Preston Vance on mm -hmm. almost oh, almost a weekly basis. I asked, like, he was supposed he at a uh, little name drop. He was supposed to be on their show, um, like about a year ago. Mm -hmm. I sent him a list of questions. He presented it to uh, AW's um, their media department, and they said, "No, nah, sorry, we." don't want you doing a show Aww. like that um even though it probably wouldn't have been seen by many um they just don't you'd be surprised they, they just didn't want it to be because he would have had been because some of the questions i asked was like what because i know his real name like i know his government name and they didn't mm -hmm. want that I mean, yeah. what happens if I would have slipped and said, well, this is blah, blah, blah. And we know him around here because he's from my home, the town I live in now. Um, he okay. actually, funny, real funny story is I I believe my wife taught him in preschool. My wife oh, my gosh. <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was one of those deals. So, um. But yeah, like I watched his matches when they started pushing him. Great, I, I got back into it. Um, and then we went to a show. Andrew kind of fell in love with um, Danhausen. We watch a lot, like, but he's now hurt, so we don't like. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing that it just seems like everyone that we latch on to in our house anyway gets hurt. Gets hurt. Yeah, that's unfortunate. <laughs> but. All right. Well, this were all right. So we all met on we met on TikTok. Um, and I always say we that all all my friends are more Andrew's friends than my friends because because <laughs> they they're like that kid's funny. His dad lets him cuss on TikTok videos. Hmm. <laughs> Um, so, but what brought you to TikTok? Like not Russell talk, but the app TikTok. Um, pretty much like everybody else with just being bored during COVID. Uh, you can only watch so many YouTube videos and most of the YouTube stuff I was watching was like makeup videos and, and stuff like that. And I, uh, was like, Oh, we'll do something new. And then my son was actually watching TikToks and I was like, Oh, this could be kind of cool and like i can't dance so like i wanted to see what everybody else was doing so i was like oh this is cool and then like as you know lockdown happened and and you know time moved on tiktok changed a little bit um i what i was a little too old whenever vine started so it wasn't like a big thing for me but i remember like musically and things like that before tiktok so i was like it could be kind of cool so it just pretty much held me over during COVID when nobody else was doing anything. Wrestling was, you know, kind of at a standstill and just kind of bored, I guess. <laughs> so how'd you fall into 
wrestle talk then? Like, what was the... Uh, um, I think it was an accident because I would make videos here and there, like, just randomly. And it was never anything serious. Like, I, and they were only one-minute videos. And anybody that's known me for any amount of time knows that I can't keep anything under one minute. So... When they started letting you do over one minute videos, it was, you know, the highlight of my life. But uh, I'm not really sure how. I guess maybe I saw someone. I actually think the first person that I saw on TikTok might have been wrecked by wrestling. I think wrecked was one of the first people that I saw. And then I was like, oh, people are on here talking about wrestling because for the longest time, People were only doing like dances and stuff and and then it got super political and I tried to stay away from that and then I was like, oh, people are posting recipes, people are posting workout stuff and then I think he was one of the first people that I saw making wrestling content and I still didn't make it for a while. I still kind of just like watched everybody else's and then like because of the algorithm, I started seeing more videos and there weren't a lot of, of women doing it. The only woman that I really saw at the time doing it was Renee. And I was like, oh, this could be cool. And then I saw other women do it, but their content was a little different. So I was like, I'll try it. And then the first video I made that had anything remotely to do with wrestling was there was a trend where it was like, have you ever like met a celebrity or something and didn't realize that they were a celebrity or something along the lines of that. And I told my story about how I was going to a black craft wrestling show, their first show in Pittsburgh. And my friend and I were late. So we were walking into the courtyard and Paige was standing there and it took a little while to like work up the courage to say anything to her. And then after a few minutes we did, and then we got pictures with her and we talked for like 20 minutes and we realized shortly after that, that her boyfriend now, that they were just friends at the time, Ronnie Radke, the lead singer of Falling in Reverse, he's the one that took our pictures. And like, I was so starstruck by her that I wasn't paying attention to anything else. So I was like super regretful that I never got a picture with him because I really like Falling in Reverse. And that was like the first video I made. And then I, I met other people, like I met you, and Husky and just like some other people uh, within the community. And then dad hat, he was also one of the other, you know, first people that I met and we all kind of started our own little click. And then the rest is kind of history. It, and you know, it's funny uh, because last week I had Mike on the week before, was it the week before? Yep, the week before was Husky, and now you. We've all we all have that one, the one constant, and I truly and I'm not saying that the community in general is getting toxic, like too toxic, but there's one constant I look back and be like, man, if Rex was here, I don't know if this would be going on. I think it would be a little bit different. I think there are people within the community that are like him that maybe didn't have the like experience with him that some of us did um, because he actually kind of gave me the courage to make more content, even though it was short lived with him. Um, but like uh, Lord Mannix reminds me so much of Wrecked. Like, I don't know if it's, like, the way he says things. And it's not in a bad way at all. He just reminds me of him, like, the way he says things and he carries himself and stuff. And I appreciate it because it's always nice to know that you have somebody in your corner that's kind of, like, doesn't give a shit. And, like, will say what they want. And then you know that they have your back if things go south, you know? Yeah. Um. My favorite, my favorite story. I'm, I have to share my favorite wrecked story. <laughs> um, so, I mean, he basically he was the first person to claim Andrew as his nephew, his, mm -hmm. his his TikTok nephew, and he loved every video that we did, and like, and he's the one that gave me like, I was pulled in by two creators 
and oh, there we go. Um, I was pulled in by two creators, two big follower, two creators that had massive followings and said, you need to start making content. And one's heel Kevin and one's that other guy that we don't like talking about. Yeah. Um, and they both kind of guided me towards making videos and, but wrecked, I had a more of a personal connection with because we, mm -hmm. he was the first guy that sent me a message be like, be like, Hey dude, I love your stuff. I followed you and I'm going to get you to one K. I'm like, awesome. Thank you. You know, you're amazing. Yada, yada, yada. Well, towards the end of his time, I don't know if you remember uh, when he started doing those lip sync videos of the music mm -hmm. and like, give me songs to do. And for like three or four of them, I was kind of every day just waking up and thinking about songs for him to do and he would do them. Mm -hmm. And the last one I gave him and it, about a week into it. And I said, why hasn't anyone suggest wrecking ball by Miley Cyrus? It's got his <laughs> name right in it. Mm -hmm. Correct. And he's, and he, he, uh, he, uh, he typed this whole long thing out and he goes, you know, it's, uh, you are brilliant. You need to be creative somewhere. This is a, and like just praising me for it. I'm like, it's, I thought it was just funny. Like I, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just trying to be an asshole. You know, I was just trying to like, <laughs> be a smart ass. And, he mm -hmm. goes, and, uh, so we went and did it. And, uh, I, I'm, uh, Something happened where he 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 said, "What'd you think of the video?" I said, "I loved it." The only thing that was missing is that you didn't. I I was really expecting you to lick the hammer, <laughs> and he's all like, "Oh, that would not have been good, my guy. That would have been awful." <laughs> so like, I was kind of a creative mule for that whole series, and like, mm -hmm. I wish I would have been able been tech smart enough to save the, like go through and save all those videos. Well, I was thinking, I don't, at the time you couldn't save videos like you can now, because I was thinking about that too. Like I think about some of like the old videos and stuff that I wish I would have saved back, but I don't think at that point in time, you had the ability to save it. You could like screen record it and stuff, but I don't yeah. think people were really thinking about that. But I just think that going back to the toxicity that you had mentioned, like, Every fandom has toxic people. There are people that are just really miserable and really toxic in their everyday life that professional wrestling just happens to be the medium that they enjoy and TikTok and social media happens to be the outlet that they can let that out. And that's one of the reasons why I don't like coming online and talking about drama and talking about negativity because everybody deals with that in their everyday life. And I think social media should be an escape from that where you go to talk to like-minded people that enjoy the same things. And that's why I kind of started the anti-wrestling fan wrestling fan. So then maybe if people can see how toxic other people are, it might stop them from, you know, contributing to the toxicity within the community. Will it ever happen to where we'll be able to come online and feel completely safe? No. But what I've realized lately, especially since everything has fallen apart lately, um, there are different groups within the Russell Talk community. Like we have our we have our group, and then we have you know like Bree and Selfbet and Jax and and everybody that's like in our little realm of everything. And then there are other little groups like Dad Three Sixteen and D and just like. You know, there are little different subsets within the WrestleTalk community, but the minute that one person at the other corner of WrestleTalk needs one of us, we're all there. Yep. So, like, the toxicity, yes, there's toxicity that exists amongst people, but we're usually really good at figuring it out and, like, cutting out the cancer, so to speak. But the thing about a cancer is, you might cut out that cancer, but sometimes it latches itself on to a whole new group of people 
that doesn't realize that eventually it's going to drain everything good out of them and make them sick. So what I've learned is that if we stick together and fight all of that and keep it out, then we're making a safer space for each other. And I know that like you have my back, I have yours. There are people that are upset with me right now. I still have their back, you know, like I try to bring as much positivity as I can. And as long as we stick up for each other, then the toxicity doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, you know that you're doing something good. Your content rocks. You're doing a great job. We all know that. And then if anybody says otherwise, we all have armies of people that are willing to go to war for us. And even though it's toxic, we all still have each other's backs because we're not being toxic to each other. Exactly. Um, so this is just a question I've been like flip-flopping on whether or not I was even going to ask you. So, and for everyone out there, don't think I'm weird for asking this because this is just something <laughs> that I always like, I'm like how, like, how did you come up with, or when, do you remember, like, your, like, when you thought, hey, you know what? Tub talk is going to be a thing. Like, I knew you were going to say that. I knew that's the question you were going to ask because everybody asks me that. So I've been doing that for years. Like, I've literally been doing that probably since, like, 2016, 2017. I was doing it on Instagram for a while. And what I would do when Instagram stories first started that like made it easier because I wasn't having to put like 30 second video clips in my Instagram story. And funny, my ex-husband used to get so pissed whenever I would do it, even though like I don't show anything like I it's literally from like here up, but it's implied. So I guess you can use your imagination, but he used to get so mad. And all I would talk about was like the Jersey Shore. Or like Teen Mom. It was always rants about like reality TV and stuff. It was never about wrestling stuff. It was always like I'd be laying in the bathtub watching a movie or watching like a reality show. And then I'd get like an idea about it. And then I'd make like a 30 second clip. And then I'd post it to Instagram. So like that's how it started. And then what happens now with Tub Talks and what's always been happening with TikTok and Tub Talks is I have fibromyalgia and like a few other like pain conditions. So I spend a lot of time like on the heating pad in Epsom salts baths, different things like that. So to kill time, I would just scroll through TikTok or scroll through Facebook groups or Instagram or whatever. And it really, I really honed in on it because of just laying there watching TikTok and wanting to respond to someone. So instead of typing it out, cause you can only type like 50 characters pretty much. It was just easier to make response videos. So it kind of just took off from there. And I, I made jokes previously about starting a Patreon and putting all the tub talks on there uh, instead of doing it for free on TikTok. <laughs> I mean, you got to make money somehow, right? I mean. Yeah, exactly. I feel like I'm leaving money on the table by doing it for free. <laughs> Right. So here, here's the tough question. This is the like the probably the toughest question. You'll actually no, it'll probably be the easiest question you've been ever asked. <laughs> Who is the single greatest WCW champion of all time? David is Arquette. That? Thank you. <laughs> I met him. I met him in Chicago during the first All In. And we were walking through, it's so weird when you go to events like that, because you see like DDP was just standing beside me. Scott Hall was walking around. Like it's, it's so surreal because they seem like normal people when you just see them in regular settings like that. And I'm walking through this crowd of people and I look over and David Arquette standing right beside me. And I was like, that's so weird. And I was like, Hey, do you have a second for a picture? And he was being followed around by a film crew. I guess they were working on some kind of documentary or something. And he was like, yeah, sure. He was like really nice. And, um, he, uh, came over and took a picture with me and, you know, said to have a good day. And, and he was really nice about it, but it was a cool experience. I'm kind of jealous. I'm not gonna lie. Like David, David Arquette, <laughs> I 
I mean, he. I mean, he was Officer Dewey. Now and then he, then he almost got murdered by Nick Gage. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um. So you acknowledge David Arquette as the greatest WCW <laughs> champion. You're. We only have one person so far that has said no. Who was that? It was Michael. Oh, yeah. I believe it. He's a pro. He's the problem child of the community. I mean, we we must have spent about five minutes last week uh, talking about uh, the verbal assault Andrew put on him last summer. <laughs> I know. I remember that. <laughs> Andrew, actually, it's funny. Andrew uh, went uh, the other day. He goes, "Can we go watch that video again, Dad?" That's hilarious. Poor MJ. He goes, I go, why? He, goes, he got rocked by an 11 year old. Well, he was nine at the time. He was nine. When oh, he was. yeah. Yeah. I guess he was. And he goes, and, and, uh, Mike, he goes, you know, that was probably, and he goes, he started a trend. I'm like, yeah, he kind of did. <laughs> he did. Andrew, the trendsetter. <laughs> um, but so you acknowledge David Arquette. How about Roman Reigns? Do you acknowledge him as, as the tribal chief? No. I acknowledge Bree as my tribal chief. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> <laughs> so it is uh, what I like to call game time. Um, there are three, there are three games that I want to play. Okay. Pretty quick. Uh, who did it best is the first one. Um, and there's three moves and first one, uh, spine buster. Who did the, um, I'm going to say, because the only one that pops into my brow, Arn Anderson did a pretty mean spine buster, but I'm going to say Batista. Okay. That's the first time we've heard Batista. The, <laughs> the, 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 the two, uh, the two uh, ones that are kind of the leader are Arn Anderson at one and then uh, Triple H at two. Yeah, I like Arns because, you know, it's like an OG thing. But Batista didn't have very many things that were impressive, in my opinion. I love Dave Batista, the actor, but Dave Batista, the wrestler, was not like... He didn't have very much to give, in my opinion, but the Spinebuster was pretty good. <laughs> Next one is the Spear. Ooh, that's difficult. Uh, not Goldberg. Um, I would say probably Edge. Okay. Leader in the clubhouse for that one is uh, Rhino. I almost said Rhino, but I was like, I'll go with Edge. Pretty classic. And the third one of this is the reason I started this, because I scroll through TikToks, and I've been on multiple lives when this is being discussed, and someone had an absolute out of side of the box answer for this one <laughs> and they made me go back and watch this person and like actually study what what they did so, mm -hmm. and, um who had the best choke slam oh that's a very good one i don't think i've ever really put too much thought into that i'm gonna go ahead and say the big show because again he didn't really have a large move set, so like I think that if it's your signature move, it should probably be the best. You know what I mean? So I'm gonna go ahead and say the big show. That's one. That's one that's at the top. This one, the answer that I, I'm, I'm I think it was Mia that that answered it. Um, she said, uh, "Shane Helms, Hurricane." Oh, oh, I love, I, I love Shane Helms, but I never would have even thought about that. That's, that's pretty solid. I'll have to tell him. I'll have to tell him. We converse on Facebook, so I'll, I'll have to tell him that he got a vote for the best choke slam in history. And then this one is a versus of the orange punch versus the Superman punch. 
Well, I don't acknowledge Roman Reigns as my tribal chief, but I will say his is a lot more intimidating than Orange Cassidy's. So I'm going to go with the Superman punch. Okay. Now we have 10 random people. I'm just going to pull them out. We're going to go right down the line. Uh, and you, the first thing that pops in your head, like it doesn't have to be one word, be whatever pops in your head. Oh, that's fun. Um, one of my favorite heels of all time, Rowdy Piper. Um, talented. Very, very talented. Okay. We'll go. This one I throw out there because I'm not on TikTok and it doesn't matter what what anyone has to say about the guy. Chris Benoit. Um, tragic. Okay. Tragic. I, I loved Chris Benoit, but I'm one of those people that can't separate art from the artist. So I'm just gonna say tragic. Okay. Um we'll we'll go right down the line with his best friend Eddie. Eddie Guerrero. Oh uh one of the best sports entertainer entertainers of all time. Okay. Since you're a since you're a Bret Hart fan, we'll we'll include him in this, but the tag team, the Hart Foundation. Underrated. Okay. Both another tag team, and I think you'll know why I'm asking this. Um, the face of the fear. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the. You want to talk about uh, freaking bloodlines and stuff? Let's talk about Ming and his sons. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and say the most underrated tag team to have ever existed in professional wrestling. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, let's see here. Mm. CM Punk. Well, I'm not a big CM Punk, Punk fan, but I'm going to say, um... Oh, this is probably going to get me canceled. Um, overhyped. <laughs> see, I'm a, I am a CM Punk fan. Well, I can see why people are. I just am not. <laughs> well, I was until the media scrum. I will say that. Like, I loved his body of work all the way through ROH and WWE. Mm -hmm. And he just, it didn't do it for me when he came to AEW. He just, for me, it reminds me of that guy that everybody knows that only drinks craft beer and uh, wants to tell everybody why they should become vegan because being a vegan makes him better than everybody else. Like, I know he's not, but, like, that's the kind of vibe that I get from him. Like, I'm sure he's super fun at parties, uh, but there's just something that, like, I've never been able to, you know, because there are people that are straight edge that aren't like CM Punk. Like Brody King is straight edge and I've met him and he's one of the nicest people I've ever met. Darby Allen, straight edge, one of the nicest people ever, does not rub me that way. It's like, I know Trent Seven's a vegan, but uh, and, and it's never been an issue. Uh, but I know vegans who think that they're better than everybody else because they're vegan. That's how CM Punk makes me feel in regards to just his whole existence. That, like, he thinks his existence is better than everybody else's because of the things that he believes in. Yeah, I mean, I never really looked at it that way, but... <laughs> I don't know what it is. You either love him or you hate him. I've never met many people that are indifferent. It's, us it's, like, a sh it's like a Shawn Michaels thing. I haven't met very many people that are indifferent, could take him or leave him. It's either you love him or you hate him. It's very hard to find somebody who's kind of in the middle. See, I I actually do find, like, I do fall in that middle category for Shawn Michaels. See, you're one of the first people because I hate him. <laughs> I, see, I can, re I 
liked his DX stuff, like the early, like when not the rehash, like every ten years when they used to yeah shuffle them back out. I was a DX mm -hmm. guy, so that was my Hunter and China and mm -hmm. the Road Dog. I mean, shoot, I I'm a Road Dog ripoff with the whole. <laughs> well, that's 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 all right. Um, so. Uh, did you do? Let's go with Bailey. Oh, I love Bailey. Um, underutilized. You are probably the first person to, to actually answer that like that because for some reason I love she, her. She's getting a lot of hate lately. I don't. I don't know. I think she's going to get fired when they do the next set of firings. I think she's going to be one person that's a big surprise on the list. Because the way that they're, you know, I, I, I think that Bailey, in my opinion, is the best out of all the four horsewomen. I think she's the most well-rounded out of all of them. I don't understand why so many people dislike her. I've been seeing that a lot lately, too, and I don't know why. Um, but I think that she deserves way more within that company than what she has. And I'm honestly surprised that she didn't walk out before Sasha. That's fair. And I'm, I'm going to, uh, we'll go Trinity. We'll, we'll use her. Oh, um, I think that this is going to be her time to thrive and not have to live in anybody else's shadows just to kind of be out on her own. Okay. We'll go with, I lost track of, I, I just have a whole list of them <laughs> and I completely lost track how, how many we have. Um, I think that was, I think that was like six or seven. Okay. We'll go Paul Heyman. The best hype man in the history of professional wrestling. Okay. Vince McMahon. Um... He is the epitome of the creation of people being able to separate art from the artist. Because okay. I think as a human being, if people that you knew in your real life that lived down the street from you treated their employees and women and minorities the way that it has been presented allegedly by other people, of how he's been treating people for the past 30 to 50 years, uh, you would not associate with them. But because he brings in a form of entertainment that we all love, people have a tendency to be able to separate that from him as a human being. Okay, so we got two left. I'm trying to really... I, I know what my last, well, there's three. I will, there's three that are on the, that I, we'll go Vince Russo. Oh, oh, probably the most controversial name within professional wrestling history. That's rather, okay. I'm shocked that you would say that because I think that I have the most controversial person on the face of the planet when it comes to professional wrestling as my next one. Jim Cornette. Um, I think Jim Cornette uh, has CTE and cannot differentiate between shit he's supposed to say out loud and shit he's supposed to keep inside of his head. <laughs> because he every, you know, a broken clock is right twice a day. So just because he sometimes says things that are right, people think that because he's been in the business for so long, that gives him carte blanche to, instead of looking at facts and figures, say that because his opinion is a certain way, that that's the only way that something should work. Okay. And the last one, since we're at 10 minutes left, um, is my current favorite heel in the business, Maxwell Jacob Freeman. I love MJF. Um, 
I will say that when he has his Randy Orton moment, and I'll explain what I mean by that in a minute. When he has his Randy Orton moment, he will be the top star within the WWE within the next 10 to 15 years. And, I and what I mean by that is that Randy Orton, when he first came into the business, he was an asshole. He was pooping in people's bags. He was causing all this havoc backstage. He was using his name to try to get into a certain position within the company. He was your typical entitled man-child when he came into the WWE when he was in his early 20s. And... I think MJF is a lot like that. I think MJF knows his potential. And I think he knows that he has the potential to be the biggest free agent in professional wrestling in a year. But what, what people don't understand is that the WWE fired Mandy Rose for doing extracurricular activities because they have a reputation to uphold, is what they like to say. And if MJF keeps doing the dumb shit like throwing a drink in a child's face and acting the, the way that he does past heel heat, um, the WWE isn't going to want to touch him with a 10-foot pole because it is going to bring negative PR to a company that tries to distance themselves from negative PR as much as possible. Yeah. That's why I, I – did you, did you catch the spot where Shayna – no, it wasn't Shana. Where Rhea scared the living bejesus out of that kid. Sitting I did. And I think, you know, there are things that are okay to do with children. Like, that was funny. Um, if, you know, I've seen him at autograph signings where he, like, signed an autograph for someone and he tore it in half. And I've seen him, like, this little kid, like, this little, like, two-year-old kid was crying in a signing and he was crying back at the child. That is heel move right there. That's fine. But like picking up an alcohol, an alleged alcoholic beverage and throwing it in a child's face, my knee-jerk knee reaction as a parent would have been to swing on him. And people that are like, oh, well, that little boy got to go backstage. That little boy got to do this, that, and the other. That was a PR move that that little boy got to go backstage. And people saying that, like, it says on your ticket, like, they can't be held responsible if X, Y, and Z happens. As a parent, um, even if it wasn't my child and I was sitting beside you, I think my first reaction as a mother would have probably been to drop him. And I know people say that and they're like, you would never do that. I would absolutely do that. A hundred percent, if someone threw a drink in my child's face, without asking me if they could do it as a spot first, um, I would have been banned from that arena. Like, there, I have no doubt in my mind. Jennifer asked me what I would do. If I was, if I, and maybe I'm that asshole dad, I would have laughed. But that's the heel inside of me that I giggle when stuff like that happens. I can't, character's one thing. If they would have said, hey, there's a possibility that MJS could come over here and throw a drink in your daughter. My daughter's seven. And that kid was like seven or eight. And if they would have said, hey, can we do this spot? Absolutely. I'd ask my daughter first. Is it okay if they do this? If not, I'm not going to make her do something. But I don't think and I don't know if it'd be different because you have a son and you're looking at it from a son's perspective, and I'm trying not to be like misogynistic when I say this, but like, I think my son's 11 too. So I think that if it would have been a situation with my son and he's a little bit older, it might not have been my knee jerk reaction, but my daughter is seven and she's tiny. And if he would have thrown a drink on my daughter, I would have swung. And it would, if I was at Applebee's, I, I said this too, imagine a, a waiter, there are these restaurants around where waiters and stuff will get paid to like degrade people kind of like a comedy type restaurant. And if I was at an Applebee's and someone said something rude to my child or spilled a drink on my child, I'm going to say something. If I'm at a restaurant where people's jobs are to say rude things to you, 
and someone picks up a drink and throws it at my daughter, I'm going to fight you in the middle of the restaurant. It's a fight or flight thing. If they would have thrown it at me, I wouldn't have swung. But my seven-year-old daughter, I would have been probably taken out in handcuffs. That's fair. I mean, it, I think it is. Because if, if it would have been... Because I know Andrew probably would have looked at him and be like, look, look. And, and, and at that mm -hmm. point, cause I asked Andrew, I said, what would you have done? And he goes, dad, can I cuss? I'm like, <laughs> I don't really care. Go ahead. He goes, I'd say, what's your fucking problem? Or, See, uh, and that's, that's, that's okay. Like that's, and that's a normal reaction, but for everybody that online to defend it made me almost more mad than the fact that MJF did it in the first place, yeah. because most of the parents, most of the people defending it aren't parents for one. And for two, if you would sell your child out, not saying you would do this, Andrew, but some of the reactions that I've seen, if you would sell yourself and your child out for 15 minutes of fame to be known as the parent whose child got a drink thrown on them, that is a problem. Like, yeah. I don't like anything like that. I don't, I, I don't like it. I don't, like, back in the Attitude, like, before the Attitude Era really started, apparently there was an incident with Sonny, I think it was, where the Godwins had, like, actual puke and stuff, like, in a container and, like, threw it on Sonny. And I think back to like when they used to throw the slop in the crowds and stuff like that. That's one thing. But if I'm standing there with my kid and like Henry O'Godwin comes up with a bucket full of puke and trash and food and dumps it on top of my child's head, I would have the same reaction. You would probably get hit in the face with a bucket, you know, like there's a fine line. And, and as much as I love professional wrestling, it's about consent and it's about permission. If you have to go over a specific spot in a wrestling match with your competitor, then you should have to absolutely get that okay from the person participating in the spot if they aren't a professional wrestler, you know? Yeah. Well, so I think you have a couple things you're working on. I am. Uh... I am working on my YouTube stuff. Uh, it will eventually come up. It was supposed to be up in January, but like everything else, I'm late. Um, I just got the okay, so I have merch that's going to be coming out. Okay. Um, I'll probably make that announcement later on today, so you get the uh, you get the the you know inside information. Um, it started out as a joke, um, but. I am doing the MWO merch, the MILF World Order merch. Nice. Um, and just in time for Father's Day, I'm also doing the DILF merch. So it's in your typical, you know, NWO font. Um, I didn't want to leave the dads out. So that's coming soon. Um, and then I'm also working on a partnership with Nick Aldis. I'll release that information as soon as the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what I'm working on right now. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to plug or, I mean, because I got you for another minute and a half. Or Sure. Well, if you are unfamiliar with my TikTok, it is what is listed here. It's Shana Hill official. Um, I like answering questions. Um, I try to make my content a little different um, than some other creators. I don't want to be like, the, it's always the pick me answer whenever I say that, but I don't mean it that way. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much what I've got going on right now. So if you don't follow me already, go ahead and do it. <laughs> yes, follow her if you don't already follow her. Like I said earlier on, she has forgotten more about wrestling than a lot of us even know to begin with. She knows her shit. Um, and she, like I said before, thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being an amazing person. Always. No problem. Um, and we, like we said 
earlier, we have each other's back. We have everyone's back in the community. And yes. everyone who's tuned in and are going to listen to this later, we love you all. And thanks yes. for watching. Bye.